Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I'm your co-host, Austin Smith. Joined, as always, by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at Believe Network. Guys, the last major Pro Sports League kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and the NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today is Wednesday, October 25th. And John, I've been buying tickets to random games throughout the country with no real discernible pattern except for those teams might all make the playoffs and potentially play against my team. I'm trying to find a reason why I feel so specifically persecuted at this point in time is it is it me have i done something wrong you are the victim you're the the victim in this situation (laughs) yeah i mean i just for not for not uh managing to find a home game or to go see tcu play i think is why you're the victim here you know i've tried they just have a very strict policy you know with such a such a formidable program year in year out power it's just impossible to get a ticket there oregon much easier tennessee even clemson all games that i could easily easily procure a ticket to 40 yard line not a problem um i don't even know where to start like do we need to talk about the game because yes i I do okay yeah because i think um (laughs) it's worth noting that saturday night Coming off of maybe the biggest ass-kicking I've seen. No, literally the biggest ass-kicking in stadium history. But go you on. Know, do you know what made – I stood I, – I, I'm a sicko. I watched nearly every play, and here's why. Because I had a um, family friend who I respect very much, huge Michigan fan, uh, who when I was much younger, I remember him – telling me that he watched the entire Michigan, Michigan State basketball game in 2000. And if you're unfamiliar with that result, it was the biggest ass kicking in rivalry history where the Michigan State won something like 114 to like 60 something. It was bad. And he was like, you know, you just take your lumps. You don't get to turn away when it's bad. And that was a bad lesson for a kid because you can turn away when it's bad. It's okay to not. I encourage it. Um, When the times get tough, turn around. It's going to happen either way, whether you watch it or not. So I'm sitting there and, you know, take my lumps. And I'm thinking, you know, at least this is. You know, this is it. This is the rock bottom. And, you know, it's going to take a while to bounce back here. But um, but no, it didn't take a while to bounce back, Austin, because very immediately within 48 hours was able to slap an asterisk or asterisk right on that 49 to nothing score. Oh, man. 
Because as we found out and as the nation found out, the world, as it's becoming a bigger and bigger story, found out that Michigan is at the center of the biggest cheating scandal in college football, maybe college athletics history. Mm-hmm. It is a miraculous turnaround for us Spartans fans. <laughs> I, I, sitting, yeah, I mean, to be sitting here Wednesday morning after everything that's happened mm-hmm. in the last few months, after taking literally the worst beating you've ever taken at home, regardless of opponent, at the hands of your biggest rival on primetime television, wearing really cool uniforms that we can now never wear again, and losing to Michigan in their worst combination of uniforms, just for the record. Um, To have all of that happen and still be sitting here giggling because we are in a better position, arguably, as a program, certainly in the immediate term, is wild. It is wild. The swing back. Like, I, I barely even know that the game happened. I barely point. even know that our coach has been uh, head coach was terminated for tugging earlier. That, <laughs> that happened. Like, that, that did happen. Like pretty recently, our board of trustees are currently a complete and total mess. We don't have a full time president at our university, and yet I sit here being thankful that I am not uh, sitting at the tip of the. Uh, like with my toes hanging off the edge of the cliff that Michigan's program could fall off here pretty soon. It's just, it's, it's truly wild to me. So John, let's, you know, I know we've put together a, a bit of a timeline. Oh, listen, we'll, we'll briefly talk about Michigan state. We already called it again, just to wrap the actual game and get to the actual story. This team is completely, totally overmatched on the field. Doesn't matter if they were cheating or not. They are rudderless in terms of leadership. Three guys have already entered the transfer portal. This is what's going to happen. So just settle in because this is the beginning of what is just going to continue to happen. Guys are going to leave and eventually they'll hire a new head coach and, you know, other stuff will, and things will get better, but we're good. You're cleaning out all the old stuff, going through the closet. People who want to leave can leave. Um, That's enough about our team. When Hitler on the scoreboard is not, it's like a, top problem i mean which it is a top problem but like the fact that there's so many other bad things going on that it kind of like it just became another like exhale of like come on tighten it up (laughs) just tighten it up it's just like ugh, again it's just it's just things that like i'm not laughing at that because like that's horrible especially given everything that's going on across the world right now like couldn't be a worse time to do that. Couldn't be a, arguably like geopolitically or culturally, like truly one of the biggest mistakes you can make. And Michigan State has and should continue to apologize for that and pay the, the price that they need to pay for it. But that the point you're making is that's like a drop in the bucket from what's happened. Just that's how bad things are and how sprawling the issues are at Michigan State right now. And yet, we are not the headline when it comes to college, the college athletics portion of this entire thing. And that, to me, 
is insane. Both things are bad, to be very clear. Both are bad. Both are very bad. No one's better than anyone else. But right now, one team's on the headline. There's, someone's got to be on the front page, and it's Michigan right now. And it is for truly, uh, you know, listen, they call themselves the leaders and the best. I don't think they're the best cheaters because a lot of other people have cheated and got, not gotten caught. But they're certainly the best at getting caught. Like, it's, they're the leaders at buying, <laughs> at, at being sloppy. It's really, it's unbelievable. So, John, I'll let you unpack what's gone on in the last handful of days. I'll try and unpack it because the, the funny part about this world of college football is that while it is also, you know, the weirdest sport, it is also the funniest in that, man, if a fan base feels aggrieved, do they work fast? <laughs> And when there's a there are fan bases start working together, we could figure out the answer. I have no doubt we can figure out the answer. None. Like I'm serious. This groups of individuals work so fast. Like we're talking about Connor Stallions, amazing name. I mean, like a fake name. It sounds like sounds like from a Tom Clancy novel. Connor Mm -hmm. Stallions, former U.S. military, uh, is. Kind of an odd duck, not going to lie. I mean, like, you you look at his profile, and it sounds like he's living in California. He's so desperate to help with the Michigan football team that he is Airbnb-ing his entire house and sleeping on a sofa so that he can fly to the Midwest every weekend to participate in some type of support for the program, which often meant going to opposing football future opponent football games, which on its face is like, this isn't a hobby. This is an obsession and like mm-hmm. a little shaky. We're already in a little like scary ground there. <laughs> um, again, coming from two dudes who do a podcast about their favorite team. Like I think we're at the extreme <laughs> of where you should be in a fandom of like health, healthiness. Yes. Yeah. We're teetering. Year. We're we've been teetering for, for some time, but listen, I haven't gotten on a plane when for this we, purpose in a very long time, and, and was it to attend my team's games exactly in the Rose Bowl. Exactly, when you and I look at each other and are like psycho, like that is a problem, probably for that person. <laughs> Connor Stallions, um, suit, big Harbaugh guy. Okay, um, decides that he is going to help out in any way he can for I don't know years. In, in an unaffiliated slash affiliated fashion, eventually brought on to the staff in a made up role. You know, they call it recruiting analysts. But one thing you should know about like college football staffing is like just because your job title is one thing does not necessarily mean that's what you do. Uh, you're kind of restricted to job titles. And um, his role, clearly, as his LinkedIn weirdo profile <laughs> pointed out, was all about. Uh, I don't know, figuring out the vulnerabilities in opposing teams. And that included um, breaking NCAA rules by going to future opponent stadiums and recording uh, the other teams or both teams' sidelines um, so that he could decipher in advance uh, different play calls, which, as Michigan fans are fast to point out, sign stealing is not illegal. No one's disputing that. Like, they're arguing with nobody about that. Yeah. The means in which they got it are, and the fact that Connor was not ac- acting alone, the fact that he was 
working with groups of people now we know across the country are we now know that they were not all Michigan employees, which is against the rules. You're paying people as a university um, employee uh, to to help your program. There's you could argue some gray area there. Well, then I would argue who's funding it, because that's a lot of uh, money for a guy who's making not a lot of money uh, mm-hmm. to be paying for games like Ohio State versus Penn State on the 40 yard line on both sides of the sideline and playoff contenders all over the country. And um, I guess we will soon find out that's the one of the last shoes to drop is how is this all funded? But before we get there, uh, you'll note that Michigan's record jumped drastically from 2015 to 2020, where Michigan was good, not great. Let me rephrase. They were not good. We don't like to use that term. They were fine, but not good enough. Because if you recall, I just want to remind everyone, Michigan wanted Harbaugh out. Their fans wanted him out. They wanted him out so badly that they all were very vocal about wanting Iowa State's Matt Campbell as their head coach. That's how bad things got. And I got to think that after, oh, I don't know, maybe it was Rocky Lombardi and Ricky White lighting them up in the big house where Jim went back to the locker room and said to himself, I got to do something different. I got to change this up. And he did. And he uh, he went the Connor Stallions nuclear option route. And all of a sudden, they started to beat their rivals. They started to win games um, that they hadn't previously under the Harbaugh regime. And they only lost three um, since then. And I don't know, Austin, did I miss anything you want to talk about those three games? Well, I think what's really interesting is that those three games just so happen to have one common factor. The teams that won those games had an opportunity to change their signs. They lost to, I think in order, they lost to Georgia. Was it Georgia was the first one in the college football playoff? Actually, got, Mich- Michigan State. I was going to say that was that year. Yeah, it was. So MSU was the first one. Just so happened to be coming off a bye week when get an extra week. You have the chance to change your signals. Interesting that they then went out and ran for five touchdowns. Kenneth Walker beat a team that knew he was coming. Again, makes Kenneth Walker the 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 uh, the heroism of Kenneth Walker, the legend of Kenneth Walker, it even grows. greater. It's I mean, somehow bigger. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Like it, that picture of him standing, you know, in the rain with his hands out, ball in his right hand after he scored his fifth touchdown against Michigan is now like even even more legendary. So first of all, just like could have had eight, could have had eight if they weren't cheating. People are yeah. saying. Me, that's what we're going to say. That's the party line here, anyway. Um, <laughs> they also then lost in the playoff to Georgia. Georgia had a month to prepare their signals. Now, could you make a case that Georgia is just a better team? Yeah, yes. Kirby did. That may have that did. may have just that may have just happened. Kirby Smart certainly seems to think so, which is Accurate. hysterical. Little like pat you on the top of the head behavior from him, which I just find so petty and incredible. Wait, um, to explain on that, because I don't know if everyone caught that little tidbit amongst all Yeah, because um, Kirby Smart essentially said something to the effect when someone asked him about it, that he was like, I don't remember them having 
any type of upper hand or like looking like they had cheated or anything where he just like totally dismissed it. Like that's cute. You guys had to <laughs> cheat. You still lost. This is welcome to the SEC. So I find that to be hysterical. And then the, the piece de resistance is the loss to TCU last year in the college football, first round of college yep. football playoff. Again, the irony as you go through and learn more about Connor Stallions is that he bought tickets last year for Oregon, Washington, and on both sidelines. And literally there's someone from, again, this is message board stuff, but it's like, there's so many dots that it's hard not to connect them. There's a guy that is literally got caught filming the sideline, zooming in on the signs, zooming back out from the seats, right where Connor Stallions is allegedly purchased. Like, don't know that that's the guy he sent it to. I'm sure, again, the internet, the greatest thing to happen to college football is going to figure it out. But he's bought tickets to that game, bought tickets to, I believe it was a Tennessee game, uh, and then didn't end up attending because they lost to, I think it was South Carolina or yep. Vanderbilt, like right before, bought tickets to a Clemson game. Uh, all of these last year. So it's not like he was just buying tickets to Michigan games and donating them to somebody. He was, buying, he was going across the country to film teams ahead of time that Michigan might play so that Michigan would know their signals ahead of those games and thus have an illegal upper hand. If people want to take issue again with, hey, everybody steal signs, that's fine. But you know when that happens? That happens in-game. Watch the All-22. The All-22 footage that gets sent to and from teams that teams provide ahead of time or that you watch like that film and then the film that you watch on television the live game broadcast those don't show the sidelines for this reason because you should not be cheating the integrity of the game and i think to take this even a step further if michigan was not as a program and jim harbaugh was not as a leader so holier than thou mm -hmm. this would not be happening to them this would not be happening because do I think that the hammer of justice would ultimately have caught up and come down on them? Yeah, it would have. You can't hide this, especially with how sloppy it was. The internet figured it out in about 48 hours. Like it's taken no time to produce hundreds of pieces of evidence. But the, the, the thing that I think makes everyone want to go out and get Michigan is that Michigan has snubbed, you know, thumbed their noses at everybody forever because it's in their DNA as a football program to say we're, we're the leaders in the best. We're better than you. You know, you need to act better. There are countless quotes from Jim Harbaugh saying, you know, we can't hang with the cheaters. We can't hang with the SEC because they cheat. It's hard to win when the other team cheats. We're going to have, didn't he just come out this year after your return from a three-game suspension, by the way, mm -hmm. suspended this in the last three months for breaking another NCAA infraction. Oh, and guess what? There's also a computer crimes investigation going on against one of your former staffers. And now there's this. And he said they were going to have the gold standard for compliance. Immediately, within like six weeks, this breaks. But I, the one thing I have to give them is the balls to just lie so awesome. is awesome. Like I, it is awe-inspiring. Like just the cojones is, again, admirable in a way. Like it's the thing that I come away from this being like, damn, good for you. You just lied. Like you just lied and you cheated. And I know we've said on this show and I've said many times, like cheat, people should cheat. Like 
cheat more. Like <laughs> people should cheat, but you also, if you're going to do that, you got to live by the sword, and die by the sword. If you're going to cheat, especially this blatantly, you like the subtext of what I've always said is like, but don't get caught. And then when you get, <laughs> people forget and that then, part. And they then when you lost him, they heard yeah. you, but they didn't know that part. Yeah, they took it very literally, and now. <laughs> You got caught. You have to pay the consequences. Like this is, I don't think people understand how blatant and just like undermining the very integrity of the game you've played with allows us all now to look at everything you've accomplished in the last three years and just say, you cheated. You can never win an argument again, ever as a program. And you have prided yourselves for so long on being the team that does things the right way, the most rule following is program that ever walked the face of the earth. Guess what? All of that's gone. All of your mystique is over. It's over. It's over. There will be signs at every single game day that's in Michigan's campus and in any game Michigan's playing on for the rest of your lives that yes. say, fuck, cheated. And that probably isn't going to just happen at your school. It's going to happen everywhere at schools that aren't affiliated with you, schools you've never played against before. Fans will go there. Oh, the other part to this, John, and I'm rambling now, but like I love it. you have pissed off. <laughs> you have pissed off the worst people in the world to piss off. And like you said, the people that if banded together could solve climate change, could could <laughs> solve cancer, could solve everything. These are people that follow tail numbers on private jets to figure out who might be getting an interview. And you just spoon fed them like everything. If you yeah. think that in a grieved Ohio State fan base, in a grieved Michigan State fan base, in a grieved Penn State fan base are going to take it easy on you, mm-hmm. you are insane. You just signed up for call it a witch hunt. I, listen. I don't think it's much of a witch hunt when you literally make the case for your opponents. They are going to get every piece of dirt they can. It is going to become so public. You know, another fan base you pissed off? Tennessee. Those are people you don't want to be on the wrong end of on the internet. You're lucky you stayed, stayed steered clear of Florida State Twitter. God forbid Connor Stallions bought a ticket to, to Florida State LSU earlier this year because if that happened, they're coming for you. They're looking for a problem, be. by the way. They, that's the only thing they're looking for <laughs> ever. So it is you. I, I just don't think people under like appreciate the magnitude of what you've, of what you've truly done here. And I do think now, John, I want to give you an opportunity to talk. So talk for like 10 straight minutes, but like, what does action actually look like? Because the, the, the cheating here, which is what it is, is so unprecedented mm-hmm. that I have to imagine the response will also be unprecedented. Otherwise, otherwise, what are we doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which, listen, it's the NCAA. Like, I ask myself that question a lot. But truly, like, the response has to be in real time because they cheated this season. The guy had tickets to Penn State, Ohio State this weekend. They were mm-hmm. intending to cheat until they got caught. Yeah. I don't know how that doesn't result in something like immediate from the NCAA or quite honestly, the, the, the body that should act as the big 10, they should step in and say, eh, new commissioner, not letting this slide, John, please take the mic away from me. A lot of, a lot of unknown, right. You know, and, and I think the hard part is, as you mentioned with all the <laughs> coalition of fan bases 
There's mm-hmm. new data rolling in every hour. And, and there's a lot to sort through, right? Unfortunately, fortunately, Michigan has a bye week. <laughs> we have a week and a half of data <laughs> to collect before any real action would have to take place before their next scheduled contest. Um, we'll get to the consequences maybe in a second because I'm just I'm unsure if we're we're ready to levy, you know, what could happen next. I do know one thing that we've all enjoyed quite a bit is like dissecting what has happened to date. And there's there's a lot of joy I've we've all gotten, I think everyone has gotten is to watching the Michigan hardcore fandom party line like backtrack and dance backwards at a rate very probably faster than any I've ever seen. Like, you know, the party line often changes and narratives change all the time, right? Like, trust me, we are the, <laughs> we are oh, the, yes. we love it. We love changing the narrative when it fits our, our oh, situation. Yes. But Michigan's has had, they've had to change the party line in 48 hours from there's no proof we cheated to, okay, but everyone cheats to, well, it's a dumb rule and it barely helped us to, the guy who who cheated wasn't on the staff anyway to well he is on the staff but he acted alone as a lone wolf to okay but this is now a witch hunt because the NCA is constantly out to get us to other schools do way worse all the time and get less punishment like that rapid amount of backtracking is pretty astonishing and now when you start to even look even the most like hardened Michigan fan is starting to see the world crumble around them. And that in itself is the sign that this is bad for them because we're now at a point, there are no other like things to point to, to say like, well, what happened? This has happened before, as you mentioned, unprecedented. And so we can expect this type of result. The only party line I've seen like, remaining is that the NCAA must provide a 90-day show clause for Michigan to respond to, which would potentially allow Michigan to continue competing this season and um, into the national championship game. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. The NCAA is not the only party involved here. And if you think it is, you're, you're just not thinking big enough. One, as you mentioned, the Big Ten exists they are allowed to step in as one of their conference members. And it puts them in a really bad spot, right? Because they obviously, Michigan is one of the biggest brands, not only for the conference, but in the country. If they are struggling or they're doing something bad, it's bad for the conference. So they're pissed about that one. They do not want to have to do anything. They would like to just have Michigan be good at football and be done with it. But the hand is forced. And it's really, really hard when the other 13 member institutions are coming forward and saying, hey, um, not only do we want you to do something, here's all the proof that they cheated when they were at our stadium doing this. So you're not just getting pressure from, you know, a small, you know, self-imposed or 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 the Big Ten hat feels like they have to step in. It's it's all the other member institutions saying, dude, this is not cool. This is not fair. And by the way, Michigan has not done a very good job making friends, you know, within the conference. Mm-hmm. So, of course, everyone is going to step up and say, like, 
dude, this is, as you mentioned, the integrity of the game has been lost here. It's not just cheating. You, This is not what everyone signed up for. Like, everyone signs up to play a football game under the understanding that, of course, in-game stuff is going to happen where you're going to try and steal signs. You're going to try and get gamesmanship, get the sure. best of the other team. That's what we all sign up for. We do not sign up for what they did. And when you've lost the integrity of the, of the sport, of course every other Big Ten institution is going to come forward because this is the biggest money-making thing of all the universities and the athletic departments. This is not a small thing to go. You can't just be like, you know what? Now we know people can't do that. We're going to move forward because Michigan's undefeated record is in question. And everyone wants to say, well, they would have won all those games anyway. Can I point to the TCU game last year where they didn't go and scout TCU? Michigan was a vastly superior team to TCU. Let's no mistake about it. And TCU dropped how many points on them? 50? It was shocking how different Michigan looked against them than versus any other opponent that last season. Yep. One thing to point out there, too, is that in particular, it was J.J. McCarthy looking bad. 51 points. And they gave up 51 points. But then offensively, you know, J.J. McCarthy doesn't know what defenses he's going to have thrown at him. And, you know, it's not like TCU ran a lot of crazy stuff either, by the way. They just threw the ball to Quinton Johnston 100 times. And, like, that's how. Our (laughs) favorite offense. It's our Our favorite favorite offense. offense. Give it to your NFL players. Huge fan of it. I also think the the you know it's funny you said something where it was you know they could play all the way to the national championship game but guess what they don't have now they they can't cheat now mm-hmm. so like what is the guarantee and again this goes back to what we're talking about nothing they do now can be just checked off as like okay this is totally we safe clear fine like for all we know they I mean again Michigan State is not a good team but for all we know. They had MSU signals this week. Makes things a lot easier. Makes it easier to call ships. Makes it easier to give your quarterback the easy reads. And I just, it's the the very integrity of the fabric of the game, which is the only thing that keeps the top five teams in terms of talent every year from just steamrolling all the bad teams. If you gave that to Oklahoma, they do the same thing. If you gave that to USC, they do the damn. If Alex Grinch had every other team's offensive play calls, I bet we wouldn't be asking what dirt he has on, uh, you know, Lincoln what's Riley. his name, Lincoln Riley, to keep him employed. So I just the it's bad, and I and again, I I don't want to speculate too much on on what could happen, but like again, if I I don't know how Tony Petiti, the new uh, president of the Big Ten. This is first year, and he's dealing with a whopper. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I do not know. And again, there's evidence out there that we don't know. Like you said, yep. every school has footage of the stadiums during the game, security footage. They can tell you who came in and sat in that exact seat, and they can show you what they were doing during the game. And it's going to be blatant. So, like, the collection of evidence is going to move quickly. The Big Ten operates outside of that governance of the NCAA, so you might get hit with two different 
punishments here. And I just don't know, like, again, I don't believe in punishing this year's athletes for the crimes of previous regimes, right? Like the whole stuff with Bill Self, right? Like, you know, when he cheated on recruiting and all this other stuff in previous years, that's when I really look at the guys this year that are on that team that weren't around that. I'm like, that is, that is really a, a shame. Like that shouldn't, these guys shouldn't have to pay for those sins. I do not feel that way about this. This said it before this cheating was happening. Now this was literally happening in real time. I do not, play the small violin for these players because guess what there's other players on the other teams that they played and beat that they never like, fair shake had didn't have a fair shake probably i mean i bet we could we could literally go through the calendar and say they kept this team out of a bowl game they kept this team out of the playoffs they did this they did that and like what about those guys what about the teams that they went out and played against that weren't playing on a level playing field like that to me is it's crazy it's 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 I don't think people really give the gravity to it that it deserves. And one thing that I will say, one outcome of this to me that is surefire, surefire is that this is Jim Harbaugh's last year in Michigan. I cannot imagine a way that he is there beyond this year when he has tried to leave actively, actively tried so hard that he thought he was a shoe in for the Minnesota job. So he mailed in the interview and failed it so badly that he didn't get the job. Like. He's gone. Now he's got three Who different among us has not dropped an interview. Hey, listen, fair enough. But yeah, not with when like nine million dollars a year is on the line. Me personally, <laughs> I haven't mailed that one in, but uh, <laughs> he's he's done. Like he's he's gone. This is three investigations on him that are open currently. Who's hiring and, him? Who will hire him? I mean, that's a great point. NFL head coaching job. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a great point. I don't but know, man. That's just it. I don't know where he goes, but he's not staying there. But there's just no mm-hmm. way. University again. Ford Manuel, Ford Manuel will be forced to talk to his employee here this the, week, which is yeah. The open secret is that the entire administration hates Jim Harbaugh. Santa Ono, the president of the university, Ward Manuel, the athletic director, have graciously let him go take these interviews they made him like again go back three years they made him take a pay cut yeah they cut his salary in half <laughs> like, and then what did he do he started he cheating yeah that's I, I, what happened so he, there's well, just no way that that university again that is so sanctimonious that prides themselves on being the leaders and the best can look in the mirror and say this is the guy we want representing us on the football field when all of this again, and even if he didn't know, you say he didn't know, that's fine. You are the head coach. Like it is your responsibility. It's literally in the bylaws. It is your responsibility to know. And this guy's standing next to you through half of the games and both next to both your coordinators. You, I'm supposed to believe that you don't know who that guy is yeah. and that he's some low level staffer that's standing there reading off a play sheet and then you talking to your defensive coordinator and then he's looking back out on the field. Like it's just it's it's crazy to me. So we've spent a lot of time on it. Oh, I'm I not just, done. I'm okay, not. John, please take it away. I just want to finish with a couple antidotes, which are interesting to me. Josh Gaddis, Broyles Award winner, mm-hmm. left. Interesting. How did that go, Austin? Well, he's at Maryland now, so that mm. tells you how. That's yeah. They call that so, bottoming out. So you're telling me after he succeeded in 2021 and got a new gig, he actually wasn't good at his job when he wasn't cheating. Interesting. How do you feel about? 
how do you feel about Harbaugh's bowl game record now that we know that when you don't know your opponent's record, excuse me, your yeah. opponent, how he is two two he has the worst record of any of his peers who in the uh, of active head coaches who have participated in nine bowl games. That's pretty crazy when you consider he's considered to be one of the best coaches in the right. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I, again, find it interesting. I it's find interesting. that interesting. I also think that you you mentioned something um, about how you're. It's not just the NCAA. You know, we talked about it could be the Big Ten, but here's the kicker: in this country, we're all adults. And if you're not an adult and you're listening, here's a really really sad thing I'm going to tell you that I wish you got to learn a different way. Mon- money's all that matters, and. When you mess with the wrong people's money, read people who have a lot of it, then there are repercussions. If you don't, you can probably get away with some stuff. But as long as you have a lot of money and you feel like you were wronged, you are going to get the better of the situation. Now, here's a really interesting thing. The point spread situation has been talked about a lot, you know, on the side here about how Michigan's um, was beating the spread or or six, from 2015 2020 was fairly even and then once this started happening things started to get wonky well I'll tell you what that city built in the desert Las Vegas they don't love losing and worse than not loving losing they don't like to be wronged or know that that they uh, were op- they were operating on an uneven playing field so how does this affect them? Well, if they feel like they were wronged or lost out on a lot of money, it gets a little bit bigger than the NCAA in the Big Ten. And how that will come to life is a bit uncertain, but they have a gripe now. And they're the ones that have the most, the biggest pockets. So how that comes to life is uncertain. But what we do know is that if you shake that tree, that's the wrong tree to be shaking. So mm-hmm. More to come on that area of the world, but I would just keep an eye on the fact that this is a lot bigger than just this NCAA, which is a toothless organization. There are some very big teeth um, on the periphery here that may have an interest in what happens next. Um, and, And like you said, the Big Ten is certainly able to step in at any point and say, like, this sucks because they're, remember, organizations are all screaming at the top of their lungs that this was not cool. And so they, their hand may be forced in that manner as well. Well, and I hate, I hate to say it. Ohio state, uh, may, it's not as if Michigan is the only good team in the conference. Bingo. If they were, this gets a little more complicated for the big 10 because it's all about money guys. It is. And that's how you, Sorry, last go ahead. Thing. No, no, no. If, go ahead. Sorry. Penn Sorry. State, if Penn's if they keep playing in Penn State, we get to the Penn State Michigan game and Penn State wins. Curtains for Michigan. It's curtains. Because yeah. you have nothing left to give this conference if you are not going to win it all and potentially win the national championship. <laughs> I mean, there's no question. There's absolutely no question. Uh, I, what I was going to say is that you know, not only are the other teams kind of beating down the door or whatever, but like you said, this isn't, like, 
this it, it's not like Michigan's the only big kid on the block. So if it's Ohio State and Penn State that are teams with legitimate chances to make the college football playoff, as backwards as that sounds, if those are the teams that are screaming from the top, like look at what happened. Like look at what they did. We are aggrieved. We are mad. Big Ten's gonna listen. They they have no choice. You can make actually a very strong argument that they they would be better off following. I mean, Ohio State's the number two one. They're they're the big dog, even with Michigan winning the last couple of years. Like, yeah, yep. you know it's they've got a, uh, an even more or at, certainly at, at a minimum as powerful following and you know weight to throw around as anybody. So yeah, it's uh, whew, it's a it's it's going to truly be fascinating. This you know a lot of collegiate scandals happen. A lot of them are like legal, and you know it's it's not fun to talk about them. But this one is like so bold that I, and I think because there aren't problematic like social elements to it it's fair game for everybody and it's going to get talked about ad nauseum and again it's the biggest brand i think if you know oregon state's doing this i don't know that it gets the headlines that it does because michigan's right. doing it but you make your bed you gotta lay in it so it's going to be just fascinating to watch over the next handful of weeks yeah you're right. i think the last thing uh want to note is that there was somebody who noted that like Connor Stallions was extremely thorough and also thoroughly sloppy. I think it was mm-hmm. Stuart Mandel. And I just was like, there's a layup joke in here about how the this is very US military. Like <laughs> US military is extremely thorough and also thoroughly sloppy. So this all <laughs> tracks for me that he would be that way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh there's some jokes to be made. There's no question. Okay. Go troops, though. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> should we should we transition uh, to the national results? Because other games happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boys in Tuscaloosa uh, were in a little bit of trouble uh, against Tennessee at home and more rumblings here. And then they all they do is come back and cover the spread, beating the Vols 34 to 20. <laughs> Don't look now, man. But here comes Bama. And that's also not a small thing as you think about Michigan. Do you want to expound on that? Yeah, I mean, Bama's right there. I mean, two SEC teams is the thing, right? Like, I mean, Bama's inevitable, man. Like, this mm-hmm. is this is what happens. Even with if, if Alabama were to win out, they're certainly in. Even if they were to win up until the SEC championship game and lose to Georgia. If your two losses are Texas and Georgia this year, I think you can make a pretty damn good case for them getting in over, you know, a one-loss Big Ten team or certainly not an undefeated team. But, uh, I mean, I I think their resume sits right there with just about any one-loss team. So if Bama keeps winning, Michigan's got a lot to be worried about. So, um, but this is what they do, man. It's, no one's even talking about them. And they just keep winning. They lost one game. Yeah, they lost badly, but they lost to Texas, who was turned out to be what looks like a pretty decent team. And they, they're sitting here in week nine with a very real chance to make the playoff. It's, it's impressive. It really just speaks to like the whole fact. They're just like Thanos. They're the Death Star. They're inevitable. Um, not that Tennessee is especially good, but this is just what, what, what Bama does. So once again, they're in the conversation. Um. All right, Duke and our Mike Elko uh, Blue Devils 
had Florida State down in the fourth quarter, um, but ran out of athletes as the Knolls take down Duke 38 to 20. Um, Florida State, when they feel like it, they're pretty tough. And um, yeah. there's conversations about national championship Florida State Seminoles. I mean, right now, there's no way they're not in the playoff. They have to be. They're 7-0. and They've got a win over LSU. Um, this Duke win actually is nice for their resume. They beat, went on the road and beat Clemson. All they've done is deliver when they've been pressured. And honestly, they don't have anything left on the schedule. At mm-hmm. Wake, at Pitt, home against Miami, and then at Florida. So, I mean, I shouldn't say nothing. Like, those are two, those are two games. But you're telling me this team's not getting – you know, and then you have probably the ACC championship game, but this team, I think, has a very good chance to only lose one game. And again, I think if one lost Florida State is with the wins that they would have on their resume is almost certainly in the in the playoffs. They're they're the one that's like the highs are really high, and it feels like the lows could be pretty low. Like almost losing to Boston College mm-hmm. is probably the one that stands out. But then in turn. Dusting LSU in week one, beating Duke by, you know, three scores, um, going on the road and winning at Clemson, Clemson, even if this isn't a vintage Clemson team, uh, it's all pretty good. So, yeah, Florida State, uh, Mike Norvell, shout out. A lot of people didn't trust that hire, and he's looking pretty darn good. Yeah, I just encourage him to throw the ball to Keon Coleman a little bit. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Two receptions last game. Uh, the Utes travel to USC take down uh, the Trojans 34 to 32. Um, bit of a shocker, but USC just falling apart. Austin, does Caleb Williams sit the rest of the year? Should not. I do not think he should. I think it's silly that people are bringing it up. I understand why. And this one had to be pretty heartbreaking because they had this game won. They literally scored with a minute and 46 seconds left. I think they that either Utah fumbled or somehow they got the ball back and were down five. So they needed to score, but I think they literally scored in one play. So Utah did the thing where it's let them score right away. So we have as much time as possible. And then Bryson Barnes, man, stepping in for, uh, Oh my God, Cam rising made some heroic plays, a huge run on the last drive to put him in field goal range, ice cold kick from the kicker. I get why people would say Caleb Williams should sit. I mean, personally, I wouldn't. I mean, you don't want these last two games certainly to be the taste you leave in pros' mouths. I don't think that – I don't know that it would affect this draft stock at all, but I do think you – to say that insinuates that they have nothing left to play for and, like, they only have two losses. I don't think they're out of the picture when it comes to playing in the Pac-12 championship game either. I mean, they still play Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. Like, mm-hmm. they can still be in the dance if you win – those games. So, I mean, one of their losses isn't even in conference. So right. uh, again, are they going to the national championship? Probably not. Although if you win the rest, if you win out, you'd be Washington or UCLA and then probably one of those teams or Utah again, sitting there with a really strong 11 and two record or whatever it would be, you know, there's a case to be made. Do I think that'll happen? No, but to insinuate there's nothing for him to play for is silly to me. It's a little early for that conversation. Lose that Cal, I might be, I might, yeah, I, I might change listen. it too. I certainly, if I'm him and I'm not playing in uh, college football playoff, I'm probably sitting out the bowl game for sure. QB1 for the NFL draft, um, getting a little shaky as our boy Drake May goes 24 of 48, 
Lewis is to Virginia 31 to 27 at home. You can't lose this one. You can lose, but not this one, guys. Come on. This one's not on North. That's not on Drake May, though. Sure, his completion percentage wasn't great, but like, I don't know. You put up 27 points. Asking your defense to hold one in five Virginia to under 27 shouldn't be too much to ask. Like, really? They Mm -hmm. didn't even crack that number. The only time previously this season that they've cracked 27 points was the week before against William and Mary and in a week two loss to James Madison. (laughs) I don't think it's crazy to say this one's on the defense. So I Drake May is going to be fine. They'll overlook games like this. All he did was throw for 347 yards and two touchdowns did throw a pick. But like, again, I don't think this one's on. This is just, that's a tough one to swallow. If this isn't the one, man, that's tough. North Carolina had thoughts of, of dark horse playoff. It was fun until it wasn't. Um, Let's flash forward to the uh, big 10 Rutgers 31, Indiana 14. Shiano is bull bound and Rutgers had 55 carries in this game. That is incredible. Rutgers is doing what we wish Michigan state would do, which is just play super ugly and beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's it. They, they're doing they're doing what they should do. They're probably going to finish this season with, I don't know, at least seven wins. I know they have Ohio State and Penn State left. But then they, you know, go on the road to Iowa, beatable team. Maryland mm-hmm. at home, beatable team. Uh, you know, not, not crazy to suggest that Rutgers could finish this season eight and four. And that's, that's great work by Greg Schiano. It's, you know, again, I hate that they beat Michigan State, but... I have a hard time rooting against Rutgers. Sure. Shiano feels like he's ripe to get a, a good job this offseason. Um, maybe he'll coach at Michigan. Who knows? Or a uh, raise. At a minimum, he's getting a fat raise. All right. Let's jump to Wisconsin 25, Illinois 21, 18-point uh, fourth quarter deficit. Who among us? <laughs> I say to yeah. Illinois. Yeah. I mean... Braden Locke, the backup quarterback, ended up having a not necessarily an accurate day, but 240 yards, two touchdowns through the air. They let Illinois him swing just kinda, they they had no choice down 21-7 going into the fourth. But um yeah, man, the 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 slipper turned back into the pumpkin for Illinois here. A brutal loss, man. You're on the you're you're home against Wisconsin, uh, had a chance to pull the four and four with a very winnable slate the rest of the way. Um and yeah, you just kind of choked it away. Wisconsin, yeah. on the other on the other hand, big win for Luke Fickle. Like again, not like a great, you know, not like this great opponent, but road game down big, coming off a week where you've had a terrible performance against Iowa. Um, to get that one is huge, especially heading into you know a game against Ohio State this weekend. Uh, you know, him obviously going up against his former team is is easy to look ahead, but they hung on and got the win. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the Big Ten West standings in a minute as we finish out with Nebraska 17, Northwestern 9. Uh, teams in this one combined for, yeah, 20 of 40 passing for three picks. So, yeah. Man, you got to love football to watch these types of games. And they do. Really... They, sold out, they sold out Lincoln, Nebraska for this one. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um but Nebraska's sitting here at four and three. Again, are they a good team? Absolutely not. But this is the beauty of, 
of the last year of the Big Ten West, like you said, John, this garbage team that has scored. How many points do you think they've scored in conference, Nebraska? I don't know. They've played how many games? Four? Four. Uh, like 65? 54. Awesome. How many do you think Michigan State scored? Probably like 20. 49. Oh, my God. 49, and it's not even the worst of the conference. Indiana has mustered up only 41, but MSU and Indiana currently sitting as the only winless teams in Big Ten play. Dark times here in East Lansing, but uh, it's not about us right now. Let's talk about other people. Uh, All right, so let's jump to Minnesota and Iowa. Uh, Minnesota wins 12 to 10. The under covers easily. 30 and a half was the under. QBs go 20 of 53 in this one. And uh, Minnesota punted with under a minute left. Iowa ran it back for a touchdown. But wait, oh, bring it back because the guy, uh, returner called for a fair catch. Oh, man. Before, and um, can't do that. So I don't know, man. It, 12 to 10. Um Iowa finding ways, new ways to lose and to abandon their own identity is really just spectacular. They ran the ball 28 times in this game. Now, this includes sacks, but they ran the ball 28 times for 11 yards. Mm. Mm. 11. 11. Take the quarterback out of there. Oh, and a touchdown. But you take the quarterback runs out of there, sacks, Mm -hmm. 20 times for 33 yards and no touchdowns. Doesn't get a lot better. Doesn't get a lot better. So. Yeah, again, I have a hard time seeing any of these big wet legs. This is the thing that should give Michigan State fans some solace, is that the entire Big Ten West is awful. And, yeah, Michigan State's going to be in this weird, mushy middle, bottom court, you know, third of the larger Big Ten next year. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me with a good offseason and a you know breath of fresh air head coach that they're not hanging with these garbage teams moving but forward. dude i just refuse to believe it i agree and you're gonna feel better about the position of your program with any new head coach than you will with kirk forens and brian forens as coaches at yeah. Iowa, with pj fleck and athon minnesota's quarterback went 10 to 25 yes. 10 to 25 like they they averaged 2.5 yards a rush yeah, yeah. This is year eight for PJ seven, like <laughs> something like that. I mean, like this is this is it. That's the product. So, yeah. like you said, you can yeah. feel okay about MSU, Illinois, Indiana, even Wisconsin, Northwestern, like Maryland to a degree. Like this again, I know that. I know they're better than Michigan State this year. Yes, mm-hmm. fine. But moving forward, again with a new head coach with a breath of fresh air, with an injection of transfer portal talent, like Michigan State is clearly in this caliber and should be able to honestly be in a better position than most Nebraska or Nebraska in there. Like they're not going to be in the upper crust, but there's no reason that they're not in whatever the rest of you would call the rest of the conference. Cause yeah, it's just bad. Like it's, it's just pretty bad, like across the board. So I mean, Anyways. It's, it's a low bar, like you said. Just got to find a Shiano and start, one, win the games you should, and then build from there. Okay. Um, Penn State went into the shoe, loses 20-12. to 12. Our boy Drew Aller didn't Oof. do well. 18-42, uh, to 42, um, tough day 
for him. Uh, Kyle McCord showed up. Uh, Marvin Harrison, good at football. 11 receptions, 162 yards in the tutty. Big fan of throwing him the ball. Um, it's all yeah. you got to do. It's almost like they should have been doing this all game, every game since he got on campus practically. But he's, I mean, he's the best player in college football. Like, period, end of story. Don't care about the position. Don't care about the team. He, and, and, and to, to their credit, they've basically adopted this uh, theory over the last five games. I mean, he's just, just absolutely balling out. Um, kind of. They still ran the ball 41 times. It's like, it's very stop, true. Stop. Very stop. true. <laughs> but I, I think we were reminded that this was Drew Aller's like first real test uh-huh. of a game because he did not. My boy, my sweet uh-huh. boy, did not. Maybe. Did not look good. Let me uh-huh. tell you. Did look not only didn't have good stats, but just like looked sure. bad. Just sure. looked bad. Like didn't they, they would they had nothing. Penn State's got an explosive play problem too. Uh, they can't pick up chunk plays. They just can't seem to do it. I mean, since since you know he had a 72-yard pass against West Virginia in the first game of the year, he hasn't completed a pass for over 35 yards since. So don't, they don't don't write they, off Drew yet. No, 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 no. I'm saying like the offense in general, like yeah. they just don't have the explosive play. And when you don't have that, it's really difficult to beat teams that are a step ahead of you in talent, like Ohio State. Again, Penn State's right up there. They're they're gotta be in the top ten of true talent. But that top 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 tier, that Ohio State, Georgia, Bama tier, where it's just those three, um, that's another step above. And you gotta play, even when you're this good, you gotta play damn near perfect in order to uh, to hang, and they just they just don't have those big plays in their in their back pocket right now. Credit to the defense; I thought their defense actually played well, held Ohio State to twenty points. But yeah, yeah, broke when you couldn't in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they have a chance to to settle back in and rev the engine back up. Um, they, they may have a second wind here. We'll find out on the second uh, half of the season because they have a pretty light schedule moving forward, and they have Michigan Ooh. at home. We that game looks a little more reasonable. Um, you know, so more to, a lot more game left for Penn State. The, the, they played terribly and lost by one possession at Ohio State. So, you know, yeah. it's bad, but it's not that bad, right? So let's uh, jump quickly to the national preview. We're going to quickly look at some the playoff contenders and then list some off. And you tell me, are any of these, you know, any of these OPE games? I got Florida State at Wake Forest and Oklahoma at Kansas in the early slate. Anything jump out to you that those two? You know, Oklahoma's Oklahoma barely survived this past week against, I believe it was UCF. UCF. Dylan uh, Gabriel yeah. game. Yeah, they had to come back and, you know, kind of fight for their lives there. Um, I wouldn't rule out this being a, a, a little bit of a trap game for them. Again, I'm not sure Kansas is, you know, a great team this year, but they've kind of done what they needed to do. Um, they beat that same UCF team. 51 to 22, just a couple weeks back, did lose to Oklahoma State on the road uh, and has lost handily to Texas. So obviously the talent deficit, but hosting them at home, I, I would be a little bit, I'd be a little wary if I was an Oklahoma fan. Kansas could put up some points. Yeah, uh, might be tuning in for it just because, man, that would be fun for college football if Kansas pulled off this one. Um, I would be a fan. Get to the uh, afternoon slate. You got Oregon at Utah. Uh-oh. And Georgia mm-hmm. versus Florida in the um, 
I guess, cocktail party. Either of these jump out to you? Utah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Utah's riding high. I think the thing is, you know, Kyle Whittingham's a great coach. I don't think that will get the best of them. But, you know, the, it, are they able to lock in when another great opponent comes bearing down on them in, in a week? Oregon sneakily was actually in a pretty close game against Washington State. Last week they ended up winning 38-24, but Washington State had some serious momentum in that game for a while, in the first half especially. But, uh, yeah, that, that one – would scare me. Uh, I mean, again, Oregon, there's questions about the defense, rightfully so. Utah's been doing a lot of good things lately, just went on the road and beat USC. I think there is a chance for a letdown game here, though. But, yeah, I mean, again, both these teams have legit playoff aspirations. Both these teams are trying to win this this conference, so it should be a huge one. I, I Utah, I kind of sneaky like, though. Yeah, Utah's quietly like putting together a incredible season considering Cam Rising, their starting quarterback, um, has not played all year essentially. And yeah. can only if you're a fan of them, you're wondering like, man, what would the season be like with him? Well, you're riding a pretty great season without him. Who knows where the you could end up? We'll finish it yeah. out with the night slate here. Washington at Stanford, 26 and a half point favorite, barely surviving last week against Arizona State, 12 to 7. Not sure what happened there. And then one last one is our undefeated Air Force troops um, quietly putting together an incredible undefeated season. Just wanted to make sure we noted them. We love the troops. Yeah, I, I, I hope that they're a ranked team. On the road at Colorado State, Colorado State, not necessarily an easy place to play, but would love to see Air Force. They're, they're 12-point favorites in this game. Good for them. Um, yeah, Washington, a little bit of cold water thrown on Washington last week, coming off that huge win against Oregon, going on the road and only putting up 15 points at the bad Arizona State team is at home, actually. They didn't even go on there. They hosted Arizona State. But um, you got to – this is a test for DeBoer and a test for a team that, like, you know, a, a program that is trying to be with the elite that hasn't necessarily been there over the last handful of years. Because now you're, I mean, Washington, I think in the first collegiate, whenever they released that first CFP, I don't know when that is, probably pretty soon. Um, this will be like, you know, you're going to be in that first draw, but you still have some huge games left. They're at Stanford this week, and then they have a slate of at USC, home against Utah, at Oregon State home against Washington State. Those are four tough games. So you really can't get caught looking ahead at Stanford uh, this weekend. So huge one for the Huskies, I think. Yeah, they just quietly keep winning. They escaped that last one. So, um, but like you said, definitely in the playoff hunt. All right, lastly, the Big Ten preview. Light slate this week in the morning. We got Maryland at Northwestern. Um, Speaking of ceilings, we were talking about, how does Maryland feel about their Mike Loxley ceiling? I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to feel about it. I mean, he's kind of the exact same guy that he's always been. This program, he is what he has done is he has taken that program clearly up a peg from where he took over. They were not very good. And now they're they're five and two. But this is the same thing they do every year. They hit October, things start to fall apart. Lost to Illinois last week, not looking great. Got smoked by Ohio State. Um their last game against Illinois. I don't think it was last week, but um They've got the big boys left on the schedule in Penn State and Michigan, road game against Nebraska. <laughs> Actually, their schedule's brutal. 
they have, they have three road games against lesser ish teams. And then they host Penn state and Michigan. So, and they're dealing with now one of their coordinators, Kevin Sumlin, uh, getting arrested for DUI. So right. I don't know. The wheels could come off here pretty quick for Maryland if they're not careful. Um, Indiana at Penn State. This is where I think this is a get-right game for our boy Drew. Big time. Big time. I mean, you can't ask for a much better opponent than Indiana for a get-right game. Uh, not a great not a great squad. Two and five this year. No particularly close losses, really, aside from Louisville in week three. Um, yeah, they're reeling, and this is a tough place to go play a game. So, yeah, Drew Aller, I would, I would expect to get right today or this weekend. In your obligatory Big Ten West afternoon, make your eyes bleed game, Purdue heads to Nebraska. I can't imagine a worse game, but. Yeah, again, this is one you really got to, only a mother could love. Um, Purdue stinks. Nebraska (laughs) stinks. I don't know. Watch it if you want to. Ohio State at Wisconsin in a game that was way cooler at the beginning of the year. Uh, Ohio State could have a letdown, I guess. Wisconsin found a little something with their backup quarterback. I don't know. What do you think? 14 and a half points. Yeah. I mean, to me, the biggest storyline here is how does I mean, Wisconsin Camp Randall is always a tough place to play. You're going to have a it's a night game. You're going to have a very motivated Luke Fickle. Um, There's a lot of like off the field elements here. Ohio State coming off a big win against Penn State. There's a lot of these intangible things that are working against the Buckeyes. I think this one just boils down to talent, though. And I just think Ohio State's the better, obviously, like the significantly more talented team, better team, legit national championship aspirations, got the best player in the country. I think that's ultimately probably just too much for Ohio State or for Wisconsin. But if things take a couple weird bounces early, you never know. I think the, the biggest issue here is that the way that Wisconsin finds success, not surprisingly, is by running the ball with Braylon Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't know, man. After watching what we watched last week against Nicholas Singleton and uh, Katron Allen, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to do that against Ohio State. Ohio State, really quickly, like this team is the inverse of what we've seen from Ohio State the last handful of years. This is the defense that you expected when they hired Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. It's mm-hmm. a stingy, tough defense. They've been great in every game they've played this year, despite the competition. Again, Notre Dame, a talented team. They looked lost offensively against Ohio State. Penn yep. State, same deal. So, um, I, I, yeah, so I think you're just – people are looking at Ohio State and thinking, like, why aren't they scoring all these points? And instead they should be saying, well, why is no one scoring points against them? We think about the last year. I mean, the, the last two years, defense was terrible. And now they seem to have fixed that. And then on the offensive side, they've got the best, like say time and time again, best player in the country, great offensive line. That's enough to win a national championship. That's enough to win the Big Ten. Uh, so, yeah, people are kind of sleeping on Ohio State despite being 7-0 and and number three in the country. And, yeah, great point. I think Ohio State's cooking here. They're rolling. Um, it's all it's week by week, but – Everything's just tossed and thrown into the, the blender now with this Michigan news, I got to be honest. So uh, before we get to, to the second half of this, this season, Michigan State, unfortunately or fortunately, if you, you love sicko football like us, continues to play. They will play Minnesota uh, in Minneapolis this weekend. I think the spread is seven points for the Gophers to tell you how bad things are in the Big Ten West, considering mm-hmm. Minnesota can still win that division. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> their quarterback just comes off a 10 of 25 performance. They can't run the ball. Um, pretty stingy defense, I guess, but it's hard to gauge when you play Iowa. Um, what do you yeah. think? I mean, I think Minnesota's a bad team. <laughs> That's what I mm-hmm. think. Anytime they've played a team with talent, I mean, dude, here's what you need to know. They lost to Northwestern this year. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Northwestern put up 37 on them. Louisiana put up 24 on them. Yep. I don't think you can judge anything about the defense when, and they gave up 52 to Michigan, not that anybody else has it, but Iowa is just an awful offensive team. So I take nothing, really, I take nothing away from what happened last week. I look more at the other games and, you know, aside from the first two weeks, again, against Nebraska, who's a bad team in Eastern Michigan, who's Eastern Michigan, they're giving up 31, 37, 24, and 52 and going one and three in that stretch. So uh, it's a it's a bad team. Now, the unfortunate part for Michigan State is they're also quite a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's hard. Like, it's just so hard. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine – Michigan State winning another game this year, even though they're playing against Minnesota, home against Nebraska, at Indiana, like three what on paper should be very winnable games. Like, I think what you saw against Rutgers was a team that, I think even what you saw against Iowa to a degree was a team that really fought and like really wanted to win. And then you had a team and you know, so coming out of that, you're sitting at two and three. Yeah, listen, it's not looking great, but bowl games are are not out of the question here. You go to Rutgers and you blow that one, and it just feels like and, – and then you come home and you just get absolutely lambasted in primetime by Michigan. And kids are already entering the transfer portal. Uh, the coaches clearly don't have the players' ears. Again, I, I – the one thing I will say is well, there's two ways this can go. Either the players are going to quit. And it's going to be another loss to a bad team in a string of losses to not great teams. Fine. That being said, Michigan and Washington, no shame in losing to those teams. The other three, not great. Um, Or the guys that stuck around are the guys that want to be there and that want to show some pride and go win a ball game. Caden Hauser wants to go win a ball game. The offensive linemen that are there want to keep their jobs moving into next year. Some of these fifth year seniors want to show a little bit of pride. That's not off the table. I think it's the much less likely scenario. And without that, Michigan State just doesn't have the talent to hang with most teams. So yeah, I, there are much more talented teams in Minnesota, but I just think that this team is kind of, it feels like they just mailed it in and I can't necessarily blame them for it. And this is like the thousandth example of why I'm like, just sim Sim. Don't don't take anything that happens the rest of this season to heart. It's all going to result in exactly what we all expected to result in a new head coach, a bunch of guys leaving a bunch of new guys coming and a true hard restart for this program going into 2024. So that being said, like I I'd like to win. I think they can win. They're talented enough to win. I just don't know that anyone's even really trying all that hard at this point. I want to take the under on this one. Um, <laughs> yes, maybe. That's all. Anything else you want to get on the board here? <laughs> We've had a, had some fun, though. We ended on a thug. Oh, yeah. MSU plays Hillsdale tonight in an exhibition game for hoops. Um, hoops season is upon us, man. So turn yeah. that, turn the page. Enjoy. That's what I'm excited about. Enjoy that. Personally. 
That's what I'm excited about. We got basketball. We got a preview to do here pretty soon, John. So that's right. Next that's one right. will be very fun. Um, yeah, that's it. Anything? Any last words? Um, hang in there. Uh, yeah, we'll always be here for the laughs. Yeah, and if you run into any suspicious ticket purchasing, please please alert your local uh, Big Ten universities. Um, awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us as always. It's been John. For John, this has been Austin. We'll catch you next week. See you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.